welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel, and today I want to talk about a couple things. Um, I wanted to talk about some uh, interesting cases that I saw in the past couple weeks. Um, well, two people that I saw that were over 90 years old um, were having back pain, hip pain, and uh, they walked bent over. One was a 100 years old a man and a woman who was about 91, I think. Um, both of them had a difficult time standing up straight. And on the first visit, um, after treating some low back muscles and glutes, I released their psoas from the front and then wanted to assess mid-treatment, so had them stand and see how they felt. And they both um, were able to stand up straight after just one treatment of the psoas on both sides. Um, and I guess I'll be seeing them again uh, in a week to do the same thing again to make sure that we get the psoas as um, released and elastic as possible. But they both were pleasantly surprised and they both came with their uh, daughters um, who were also pleasantly surprised. Um, I have a patient that I've been treating for a golfer's elbow and he came in uh, last week in a lot of shoulder pain and he said, um, I didn't hurt. I, I didn't hurt while at the gym, but then that night, um, I woke up at two in the morning and in a lot of shoulder pain and it, the pain was sort of in the, um, upper above the clavicle area. And it looked like it might be like an acromioclavicular joint sort of pain, um, and on muscle testing, he had a lot of pain on the anterior deltoid um, test and the middle deltoid test, uh, like a three-second hold. Um, he had a lot of pain, both of those. Um, my assumption was that it was uh, deltoids that were causing the pain and probably would explain sort of an acromioclavicular thing. Um, and I didn't think much of, uh, the, the clavicle at the time. I thought, well, I'll release his upper trap and I think that'll take care of any pain there. So, um, so I treated him face down. I did upper, middle, lower traps. I did uh, rotator cuff deltoids. And, um, I think I even, um, made sure I did serratus anterior and lats before, uh, muscle testing again. So when I muscle tested again, the left side still was painful on um, the anterior and middle deltoid. Uh, 
Then I asked him to put his finger where the pain was. And it was way up in the upper trapezius, um, right where the trapezius um, is coming down to the, the clavicle, where the clavicle meets the scapula, basically, is where he had pain. And upon palpation, I found a really active uh, trigger point there. And long story short, dry needled the traps and the pain was gone. And uh, that was kind of a surprising case for me. I, I don't see a lot of um, trapezius, upper trapezius trigger points imitating a shoulder joint issue. But um, see here, I, I trusted the muscle test and didn't um, ask for for him to point to where the pain was. And I probably should have. I, I assumed if I'm pushing down on a middle, middle deltoid test and he has pain, then I'm thinking middle, middle deltoid. Um, but this kind of uh, was a surprise to me. So I wanted to share that. Um, Maybe in the next 10 years, I'll see it again. And maybe maybe you will too. Um, and then I wanted to talk about um, Vladimir Yanda and Carl Levitt and the Prague School of Rehabilitation because they're such a core part of how I assess and how I understand the body that I sometimes forget to just point people to these two uh, brilliant pioneers in musculoskeletal medicine. Um, Dr. Vladimir Yanda, his last name is J-A-N-D-A, and Carl Levitt, his last name is L-E-W-I-T. Um, highly recommend, if you're not familiar with them, that you look into Vladimir Yanda and Carl Levitt. They were colleagues at the Prague School of Rehabilitation, and a lot of their work was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, in the 70s, Dr. Levitt published the needle effect um, study that showed that the acupuncture needle into uh, painful musculoskeletal and ligamentous issues was what was causing an analgesic effect as opposed to the injectates that they were using prior to that. So he, they called it a dry needle and he, um, he was the one who kind of demonstrated that with a, with a very good study. So you can find that for free online, the needle effect, um, paper, I think it's from 79. So, um, that's Dr. Levitt. And Dr. Levitt famously said, he who treats the site of pain is often lost. And if you have learned um, from the Yonda and Levitt school, it makes perfect sense to you because they're all about function and they're looking at joint function. Um, Dr. Levitt, Dr. Yonda would say that um, most issues come from the pelvic chain. Um, he understood the body as a full functioning unit with a sensory motor system of, of um, sensory input, proprioception, motor control, uh, stabilization, 
subconscious patterns of stabilization and movement patterns. Um, so he really looked at uh, rehab as having to retrain the brain and, uh, and basically lay down new neural pathways to proper motor control. Because most of what we do stabilizing is done at a subconscious level. We don't know that our um, abdominals are doing uh, a feed forward mechanism where they'll instantaneously uh, stabilize before you reach out to pick up a glass off the counter. We don't know that's happening. It's totally built in as a subconscious level. And if we have um, subconscious patterns that are leading us to a dysfunctional movement that causes pain, then we need to relearn how to stabilize and move. Um, ideally, we get you out of pain first and get your muscles functioning properly so that you can start to use them the right way. Um, in acupuncture, we will treat tight or inhibited weak muscles with electric stimulation on the motor points of the muscles. Dr. Yonda would mostly focus on the tight tonic muscles because he, he saw that if you treat the tight tonic muscle, the, um, the antagonists will activate better through uh, reciprocal inhibition. So he had a different methodology because he wasn't using needles. But when we use needles, uh, we can be very effective in a very quick, short amount of time. So, um, so mostly the way I look at the body is from the perspective of what Yonda taught about the upper cross syndrome and the lower cross syndrome, because what Yonda was saying was that when the body in pain, the will respond in a predictable pattern, meaning the tonic muscles, the postural muscles that don't typically fatigue easily will get shorter. The um, phasic muscles, the power muscles that do fatigue easier um, will become more inhibited. And that can be due to reciprocal inhibition. It can be due to pain. Uh, pain chemicals can inhibit muscles. Um, there, are, there are many ways that you can inhibit a muscle. Um, my opinion is that the gluteus maximus is um, inhibited most by the psoas being short and tight. Um, so we should ideally be able to understand how the body fails. We, we know what the cross syndromes are. We know what the tonic muscles are that are most likely to become shorter and tighter. Those are the ones that are going to cause pain. The weak inhibited muscles don't usually cause pain directly. They cause pain due to compensation patterns where we overuse the tonic muscles that then get short and tight, causing pain, which is why we want to strengthen and, and activate the inhibited muscles. They're usually core stabilizers that will get weak. Um, abdominals can get weak. Uh, gluteus maximus can get weak, uh, mostly through inhibition, um, my opinion, often due to reciprocal inhibition from tight agonists. But, um, but really recognizing that pattern of how the body fails leads us to a quick assessment. Um, if your 
beginning in your journey of treating pain as an acupuncturist and you're learning orthopedic assessment and you're learning postural um, patterns and all of that, you, um, you might have learned a system where you just muscle test and then treat what's weak. Um, but that will fail you um, when you start getting into more complex issues because you should already know what to expect is causing the problem and then just muscle test to confirm what you already believe. You need to actually understand how the body fails. Um, I often will give people um, quick answers when they have a tough case. They'll send me the case. They'll tell me what's going on. And I, I try to think through all the possibilities that would cause this problem and give them some ideas of how does this happen? What are the ways that the body fails that will cause this? And um, I can do that fairly um, um, consistently, successfully because of Dr. Yonda, because I've learned how the body fails and then I have been able to confirm that in my own clinic uh, experience. So with clinical experience, you actually start to see patterns that you can draw on that will allow you to know very quickly what is most likely causing a certain problem. Um, some of the examples might be pain on the greater trochanter. So, you know, Dr. Yonda said there are two schools of thought in musculoskeletal medicine. There's the structural approach, and then there is the functional. And Dr. Yonda was functional. He said, this is how the body moves. We need to correct the imbalances of muscles. We need to restore function. And he would say, if I'm, I'm not directly trying to treat your pain. I'm trying to treat your joint mobility, to restore your joint range of motion so that you will not have pain. He was correcting the imbalance of muscles that was causing um, uh, inflammation in the joint, pain in the joint, tendon, tendon problems, ligamentous uh, irritation, Anything that was affecting the joint, he would look to the musculoskeletal system and posture and core stabilization. So, And then, of course, looking at proprioception. Proprioception is huge for motor control. So there's a lot of things to consider, but he very rarely would consider treating the site of pain, usually the joint. Um, he would want to treat functionally, and you'll find it's a very successful way to assess and treat. It's very, very rare that I will treat a joint that's in pain because I'm looking functionally. So I'm not looking structurally. And unfortunately, in the world of acupuncture, orthopedics, you will still see people who are treating locally the joint um, which very, very rarely needs a local treatment. 
you if you correct the muscle imbalances if you if you improve the joint mobility if you improve the core stabilization um, the gait pattern etc you this person won't have that joint pain um so but there are a lot of people who don't think about yonda and there are some people who just think that yonda was completely wrong that uh posture has nothing to do with pain because of course there are plenty of people with terrible posture who are not in pain so it must mean that if you have terrible that, that if you're in pain it's not because of your posture but that's not exactly how dr yonda was looking at it what he was saying was these postural patterns are the template that will tell you what muscles will become tight and what muscles will become weak and that's how you're going to know where the how the pain is is occurring and what are the joint dysfunctions that could cause this pain he wasn't saying everybody who has a forward head placement or an anterior pelvic tilt is in pain that was not what he was saying um it was through his observations of the body that he developed these cross patterns and because he was able to see the body fails very consistently the same way on everyone when there's pain and injury or age overuse age i mean aging is an overuse injury it's an injury to the muscles i'm not saying injury that causes pain it's a it's muscle fiber dysfunction caused by overuse and stress and age posture those shortened fibers of the muscles will eventually tip into some sort of joint pain if they're not addressed so um, that's all yonda and it will it will help you understand quickly where you need to look when there's pain so when you you know there are some things that you just start to recognize very quickly uh, pain in the greater trochanter i'm always going to look at the three abductor muscles there and the piriformis i'm going to look at the gluteus medius the gluteus minimus the tfl and the piriformis those are usually the most likely candidates for causing pain in the greater trochanter um, if you have someone with lateral ankle pain below the lateral malleolus what do you think that is i think people who look structurally are going to assume there's something wrong with the joint and the tendons or the ligaments there i'm going to tell you that 99 percent of the time it's dysfunction from the peroneals peroneus longus brevis and tertius especially longus and brevis when tertius is involved they'll have more dorsal foot pain as well as the pain below the medial or before the lateral below the lateral malleolus but but when you have someone with pain below the ankle on the you know right below the lateral malleolus immediately check the peroneals it's uh, it, it's very consistent um the same thing with the uh, ankle pain below the medial malleolus what what would you suspect there I'm going to tell you it's very likely from overpronation due to a weak, tight tibialis posterior. That's the most common cause of medial ankle pain below the, the ankle there. 
Um, yes, it might be abductor halluses as well. That could be the the abductor halluses, the flexor halluses brevis will become tight as a compensation for weak tibialis posterior and overpronation. The the big toe tries to stabilize the arch when the tibialis posterior is failing. So yeah, sometimes um, there is some pain below the ankle on the medial side that can be from the abductor um, halysis, but generally you should be considering tibialis posterior as the primary cause of that pain. There are a lot of patterns like that that you would, I mean, you just start to recognize because you've been treating um, things for so long that can lead you to then want to do some manual muscle testing to confirm the diagnosis that you already have in your head. You know, um, understanding where the muscles attach, where do the tendons attach, gives you a lot of clues. Um, what's another good example of something that's pretty, pretty common? Oh, okay, so... You know, I think there are people who probably do full full seminars on SI joint pain. But I'm going to tell you that most SI joint dysfunction is not causing pain in the SI joint. Um, and that's a completely different uh, episode. But, but SI joint pain usually comes from the glute maximus, the glute medius, and the piriformis, or just one of those. Um, I did an episode on the on the SI joint pain caused by trigger points in the gluteus maximus. That is a really, really common thing. Um, gluteus medius trigger points that come right up to the sacrum there that can cause SI joint pain, sharp pain in the SI joint. Um, piriformis trigger points can cause SI joint pain. The most common um, place where you're going to have active painful trigger points in the piriformis are right at the sacrum where they attach. And it, guess what? It's pointed right to the SI joint. So when someone has SI joint pain, rather than being concerned about, oh, well, like what's the pelvic stabilization? Are there ligaments lax or blah? You know, because there's a lot of people going to get you in the weeds. Um, Go for the most common things. Look at the glute medius maximus and this and the piriformis. If there's SI joint dysfunction, most likely this person has all sorts of low back tension, hamstring problems. Uh, the deep rotators are tight. There's an anterior pelvic tilt. Psoas is tight. There's a lot of things that cause SI joint dysfunction, including the glute max being shut off. Um, but really, you know, when it gets to the SI joint, I look at pain of the SI joint as being a more simple thing to treat than real SI joint dysfunction. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who don't realize that back problems, hip problems, knee problems, uh, can all be SI joint dysfunction. Sciatica is one of the most common um, symptoms of SI joint dysfunction. Um, just why you see it on, on pregnant women all the time, because they have an anterior pelvic tilt that's being exact, exact, sorry, uh, exaggerated by, by being pregnant. 
and they have lax ligaments. And that sacrotuberous ligament that helps stabilize the SI joint is so, so important. And I'm guessing when they're pregnant that that ligament is a little bit lax. So all of the deep rotators are getting tight to try to stabilize and it causes sciatica. Usually the prime candidate is going to be the piriformis, but almost always the gluteus medius is causing back pain in pregnant women. So you're really going to be treating the gluteus medius and the piriformis both um, on pregnant women who are having back pain. And of course, you're not using electric stimulation. Um, but there are a lot of really common pains that you'll see that you really should be able to just instantaneously say, I know what this is. Um, you know, when you have somebody who has um, a middle deltoid problem, they they feel pain at the insertion, the deltoid insertion, the deltoid tubercle of the humerus. They'll have pain there that radiates down the arm sometimes, sometimes all the way down to the elbow, usually right at that deltoid tubercle, they're, they're having pain. If you have someone who has pain there, especially on abduction, like you should know instantaneously that that's a deltoid issue. And I'm not saying they don't have anterior or posterior deltoid issues, but I'm going to say primary is going to be middle deltoid. So that, I mean, you should just instantaneously say, oh, that I think that's deltoid. And you should be testing that. Um, the, there are a lot of things like that where, you, you know, you really start to recognize um, the source of the problem um, because you know where the muscles attach. So the so the treatment of the pain is almost never where this where the person feels it. Um, okay, so if you're not familiar, look into the Prague School, look at Vladimir Yanda, Carl Levitt. Um, there's an excellent book about treating muscle imbalances. I think it's I want to say Claire Page uh, is one is the primary. Um, I may I may have that completely wrong. I think that's right. Um, but you can get it on Amazon. It's not very expensive. It's all the principles of, of Vladimir Yanda. I think you'll find it very useful, helpful, especially if you're beginning in orthopedics, uh, acupuncture orthopedics, treating pain. You really, really will do yourself a favor if you really understand the world the way Vladimir Yanda discovered it. Um, it's very consistent and helpful for you. And it will keep you from feeling like you just have to muscle test everything and treat everything that tests weak and then come back and hope that you were right. Um, it's a That's a rough way to go. There's a lot of things that might test weak that aren't part of the problem. So um, anyway, um, so I wanted to talk about uh, Yonda and Levitt and tell you about those cases that I saw that were kind of interesting. Um, all right. I think that's, that's enough for today. Uh, have a great holiday season and happy new year. And I will talk to you in the new year. Mm -hmm.